0: Hey guys, don't forget, April 23rd through the 28th, 2023, we'll be in Nashville, Tennessee for the second Street Cop Training Conference. You do not want to miss out on that. So far, we have some real big headliners on there. It'll be five days of transforming training in Nashville, Tennessee. You training
1: to be a street cop?
0: Instagram, by the way, you come up <laughs> I, I, on my on my feed when I'm scrolling it and making funny ass memes on our Instagram page. Yeah, um, And I like literally, I'm like, oh, cool. I like this girl.
1: Yay.
0: I'm trying to figure you out. I know much about you. And I'm like, every time I see your things, I'm like, I'm trying to figure this motherfucker out. But
1: yeah, well, I mean, hopefully you'll get a better idea of what I'm about. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. what I, what I like about your approach is you're one, I like how sassy you are. That's I think super, super needed, but I like that you are very much focused on like modern policing because that's a very attractive thing from a civilian perspective. So that's ultimately why I wanted to bring you on today's episode is like what, and, and especially now knowing your Enneagram type or what you might be the person that wants to improve and make things better. Like when did you get started in policing and and when did you choose to make a training organization?
0: This is interesting. Um, I unpacked this a little bit today because I'm constantly forty now. I, I don't know if we're close in age, but um, at forty now, I do a lot of self-reflecting and trying to understand how I ended up to be where I'm at. And I don't want people to infer this or misinterpret what I'm saying. I am not saying this with the intention to try to impress anybody. I'm trying to say this with the intention of trying to impress upon people some of the things that I've been through. And if you like what you see or you like uh, who I am or what I've created, whether it's from a perspective of why I'm doing it for the world or if it's a business perspective, it's me just relinquishing some of the secrets that I guess, quote unquote, that I just feel like I owe the world to share. Um, I don't think I'm anybody super fucking fancy, to be honest with you. I do believe that I have what it takes to really do something to to, to really, and it just sounds fucking weird and like kind of second ish But uh, I think we got a chance. I
1: what think do you mean? Like you mean because you have like this big dream and vision of yourself? That
0: seems like a weird. It's not that. I, I think it's more than me. I um, I think it's. I think that I have a real shot at changing the path of law enforcement, mm. and I know that for a That's fact. A
1: big. That's a big quest. Like-
0: can you imagine, like, to, to really, if you try to sit there and say that to yourself, or you say it to other people, they think you're fucking nuts. And the first time somebody said it to me, a kid comes to me about three years ago. Yeah. And he gets me on a break and he goes, I see a question. I go, anything you want. He goes, what does it feel like to know that you're changing the world? And I said, you know, I think about that all the time. But if I say it out loud, people think you're fucking crazy. I said, uh, and it's very, very exciting. The future every day when I can unravel something and figure out a new resolve. I just put a post up in our Facebook group, which is for police officers only. Your your husband, I don't know if he's in it. Um, A police officer last week heard me about his tactics on his motor vehicle stop. And a gentleman was looking to take his life. He had a gun in his hand. And he heard what I said. uh, And it's a video. He stays in the darkness off to the side on the passenger side, approaches, sees this gentleman with a gun ready to kill him. And is able to illuminate, draw his weapon, and the dude takes off and gets in a pursuit. They eventually catch this guy. But his intention was to take that gentleman's life that night. And that person is not somebody who is uh, the police officer is is nothing more than somebody who is putting their life on the line for essentially peanuts and doesn't reflect anything other than trying to do his job and trying to do it appropriately and within the confines of the Constitution. um, And. It just brings a great sense of relief to me to know that, oh wow, I uh I may have really actually helped this guy continue on with his life. And there hasn't there's not a story that you have to tell yourself of how you're it's not heroic to get killed in line of duty, you know what I mean? That's the last thing you want. So I'll back up a little bit to your original question because if you don't if you haven't caught on yet, I have an extreme case of attention deficit disorder. Uh, <laughs>
1: You're in good company, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, literally, like when you talk to me, I'm probably very frustrating to work with here. And my top level staff is like, hey, get over here and sit your ass down. I'm like, I'm sorry. Right. Um, but we have a great dynamic here. We have a wonderful group of people that we work with uh, in-house. They're, the, they're just the best human beings ever known. Now, back to the original question. Um, I got on the job very young. I went to college. I didn't know anything about. I didn't even know any cops. I knew I wanted to be a cop. I came from a lower, well. I came from a lower middle class family. Um, I'd like to say it was middle class, but now knowing what the classes actually are, I think we're on the lower side of the middle class. It was a grand slam home run. Cops in New Jersey were getting great contracts. I never. I always felt like that. There could always be justice. I never liked bad guys. I never liked bullies. Um, I was a very popular guy in high school. I graduated class clown. Um, So I, I experienced bullying and I just thought it's just a shame that that society has so many victims. And I would like to do something for those victims and stand up and try to let them try to pick on me more and maybe try to intervene and do. So it was really, really a a thoughtful thing. It wasn't a power trip. It wasn't anything like that. Um, It spoke to my soul. And I probably, even though I'm now quite savvy in business and I found this wonderful love of entrepreneurship, and I can say that without, this is not Shark Tank where I'm like, tell me your numbers. And I'm like, well, we did a million last year. Okay. What's your net? Well, we're down 600,000 right no. no, This is, this is legit. I'm good at this. you know, I have other businesses that I started and left that were very, very good. I'm very, I, I'm good at this shit, uh, and it's my new thing. And um, so, I was in college, and my college professor's like, "You don't need college to be a cop," and I'm like, "I'm, I'm sorry. What, what did you say? Because I fucking hate this place." And she's like, "Yeah, you just take the civil service test." And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking quitting school immediately. And I actually drove that day. I actually left class early and drove to the, at that time in 2000 or 99, it was, you had to get the application to take the test at libraries. There was no internet to download it. That was 23 years ago. I uh, 20, yeah, 23 years ago. So I was 19. Um, actually, I was 18 when I took the test. I had just turned 18. Which and
1: mind blowing to me just from like a, Developmental. No, I agree. It's fine. Like, I just think that it's maybe not wise to give (laughs) children—that's essentially what you are when you're 18.
0: I agree. agree. Yeah,
1: these are big decisions that, like, and then on top of that, here's a gun. Let's add that to it. Let's add all this authority and like decision making to your brain. That's like not even.
0: There are some kids that I've met that were very, very mature at 20 and 21 that actually handled the job very well. Um, and I was a complete fucking maniac. I don't mean a maniac in the sense where I was run. I was just like, I was just a fucking kid, but okay. some kids are- So I don't want to cast a wide net and put everybody into it. I agree. I think you need a little maturity. Um, there's there's goods and bads to both sides. There's goods to starting early because by the time you're 30, you're this real well-rounded, fucking savage, really thoughtful cop. And then because you've come through a lot of stuff that's not, you know, wasn't ideal for you to go through. But yeah. you know, you're also a little older when you come on 32, 33. You will have a different career because you're gonna bring wisdom. They're gonna notice that. They're gonna say, here's somebody who's new but mature. But again, you're starting late, which means you're going to be ending late. You're going to be 55, 57, where a younger guy like myself was eligible to retire at 39 because it's 20 and out in Jersey at at a 50 percent, or I would have been 44 uh, with 65 percent. So I took the test. Very, very, very hard to get on the job here. Very hard. Very difficult. Very sought after. There's still a big pool of People who are trying to be a cop in New Jersey because of salary. Yeah. You're very different than Arizona and Nevada. they are very high salary paid jobs. And you have some police agencies here well into the six figures as and well into the six figures. Uh and and I mean like between a hundred and two hundred thousand. But the cost of living here is also I was fun.
1: gonna say, yeah, you guys have your your cost of living is a lot different. But it's even me. still, like the fact that there aren't like there's so many hiring shortages that like not There's a Here, Gilbert, I, I just looked on their social media page and they had two people graduate from their last class. I said two? Oh, no. You know,
0: these <laughs> agencies really have to uh, and these councils, they have to smarten up and start paying a real affordable income. if They want to attract good candidates. You know, we just put in a, uh, an ad out for a personal assistant for me. And I uh, I my other one of my top level executives, she made the ad and I said the salary was too low. She goes, but it's a personal assistant. I go, I understand, but I'm looking for a better candidate. I need a personal assistant, but I'm not just starting out. I need somebody who's going to command a higher salary because they're worth it. Mm -hmm. So raise it 10 grand because I'd rather pay more for the better candidate. And the same thing applies across the board. You know, if you really look at it, salary is a major variable in the kind of candidate you receive. Not all the time, but it is a variable and a factor. So when you're offering $51,000 $51,000 a year, even in where you guys live, times have changed. It's fucking expensive out there.
1: It's literally nothing. It's, it is so interesting how little you can get paid, especially knowing like some, most people still have kind of the same traditional, um, like family setups as far as like mom is staying at home and dad is working. Like you can't support a family on less than $90,000 a year anymore without being like super fucking stressed. Like there's it's
0: you're living in the uniform. You're working off duty nonstop. And I've been told that in your area, that's what guys and girls live for is they take the job, they eat the bullshit salary to go out and make the 65 bucks an hour to stand in traffic for an a fucking summer day all day. Yeah, so like and again respect you're a hard working person, but maybe to paint some context of what these cops are really receiving for some of the bullshit they get handed back in return. Uh, and you know, there's a, there's a fuckload to unpack with with what the plagues are of law enforcement. But we would be here for fucking days talking about that. But back to me, I got picked up in corrections to start. Uh, in New Jersey, it's a sworn law enforcement position. So I did that until I was 21 and a half. Well, I was 22 when I left. So I went to a federal agency, went to my second police academy, realized that this was not going to be the future that I had in mind when I decided to be a cop. It just wasn't lining up with how I saw good. It's a great police job. A lot of fun. You could do whatever you want. Like and I mean that in the sense of like we weren't guarding buildings as most federal police officers do. We were we were the cops. We were out on the road. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. And then I realized like this was a ship with a big hole in its hull. And I was not sitting around hoping that a life, uh, uh, you know, a lifeboat was coming because I just real, and and by the way, half the people I went to the academy with, they quit as well and move on to other agencies.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Then I went to a third police academy, which was, of course, the worst one I had to go to. And in the sense of like strict, very, they were all paramilitary. The first one was, the second one really wasn't, the federal one wasn't but it was a good academy. Uh, And the third one was extremely paramilitary. So extremely paramilitary. And, uh, you know, to give you some context during the story of what kind of training I received, I knew how to march like a motherfucker. My shoes were shining. I could do drill. I knew how to, yeah, that's about it. And I didn't know what to do at a car. Smell like weed. When we graduated six months and now one person said, Hey, the car smells like weed. You could do this. I was paying attention. I know they didn't say that. Yeah. I was posing questions to legal advisors that had no fucking clue what they were talking about. I'm like, what do you do if you find a like a small bag of weed? Are you like allowed to toss it and like move on to better, bigger, and better things? And I'm like, well, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, because like when you're in a field and you find a dime bag, like, who gives a fuck? Let's go find 100 pounds. And they're like, we can't understand that. And I'm like, I understand. But
1: so do you think that like the academy is more like building like the culture?
0: When I tell you what it is. Yeah. Let me tell you how academies are designed. This is the only way I can figure it out. Uh, hey Joe, uh, we got to make an academy. Susan, your thoughts? I don't know. Let's. We got five hours to put. In there
1: weren't this. any women that were weighing in on these academies, don't you? Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Let's call put on the men as But anyway, I, try, I was trying to include women. I was trying to include women in everything. And all right, we'll call them Pete and Sean. And what do you think? Eh, I don't know. Let's do something on uh, give them a test on handcuffs. Well, what else? I, you know, I don't know. Marching, you think that's good? Yeah. Well, will they ever march ever again after after uh, the academy? No, no. But do that for 25, 30 hours. That eats up some time. Uh, what else should they do? Uh, hmm, I don't know. What do they got a stick on the belt? You have them swing the stick in a bag for fifty hours. Well, are they ever gonna use that stick in the field? No, no. It's it's no. They won't use that. Yeah, just make them yell, "Get back! Get back!" What else? Teach them felony. Teach them how to do felony handcuffing. Oh, it's cool. Like most cops can do felony handcuffing. No, no, they'll do it like twice in their career, but make sure you do that every single time. So when they go out, the first thing they're doing when they're telling somebody that they're under arrest is going, do me a favor, sir. take your hands, put them in your behind your head and interlock your fingers. Right? So this is the training that, uh, now again, I haven't been in academy in what are we 2022 in 17 and a half years. So I don't know how much has changed. Um, I'm led to believe that not much, and I'm also going to defend some of these academies saying that there is just not enough resources and there is yeah. not enough just thought and candor. And, and,
1: and yeah, it takes a lot of energy to like create a curriculum or to create an blog.
0: and understanding yeah. how to solve problems. Um, yeah. and, and what I've recognized is there's no way that these academies can ever find enough people who know enough about a topic to be able to teach to recruits where they can absorb it. And it's no different than any other, any other profession, except this profession. If you don't know what you're doing, you can go to jail, be sued or get fucking killed. And that's the scary thing about it. And it takes a lot of audacity to stick a fucking flag in the ground and saying, this is what I'm telling. This is what I'm saying. I'm exposing it because I have intention of changing it. Some people say to me, do you think police training is sufficient? I run a police training company if it was sufficient, I wouldn't have a company because it's so insufficient. I have a very successful company because people have recognized that, okay, what we've been given is not enough. And Hey, my credit to all these police officers out there, they put themselves through training. They, well, 40%, 50% of the guys and girls that come to this training courses, uh, of all the ones that we have currently, they pay their own way because the reasons will not pay for that. Yeah. That's
1: super unfortunate. I think that's, pretty consistent like across the board like they're all
0: professions yeah you have teachers who don't know this and nurses who don't i mean I, i've seen it i know nurses are like half the fucking medical staff in this hospital have no idea what they're doing yeah. right that's real that's that's real shit you know the number one cause of death in the united states is medical malpractice they kill like five million people don't quote me but they kill like five million people a year and it's like. Oh, cops are the worst. Like, whoa, like, where the fuck are we holding doctors accountable for knowing what they're talking about? Like, when does that come into play? Like, if we're being held accountable, then why not doctors? How about, how about teachers that are misleading children? And uh, I mean, I, I see them. You know what we learned when, like, my kids are on Zoom? I'm like, did this bitch just say that to a five-year-old? And my wife's like, excuse me, did you just say that to a kid? And it makes us think, like, what goes on in the classroom and nobody else is there? Again. Mm-hmm. Wonderful teachers in this world. I've met wonderful. I mean, like my kids have some great teachers. Well, we've heard them talking shit. Yeah,
1: you guys are so like you guys deal so much with like violence, and we think about violence impacting people in a much bigger way versus like the slow burn of like miseducating someone. You know what I mean? Like you know I, know, they-
0: you know, I know a secret about cops. None of them want to get violent when they go to work. Yeah, they don't. They just don't want it because. That's where the, the the breeding of the trouble begins because when you get violent, one violence is violence, justified or not, it doesn't look pretty. But it's oh, it
1: Like when I I don't remember who I was talking to, but like when I see a police officer like punching someone, my immediate reaction is like, oh my god, like I can't even believe that that's life that that's happening because in my world. Like, people aren't punching people.
0: I don't even, I've become out of touch in some sense with some of this shit that everybody has to deal with. But, you know, my job is to keep people alive and put bad guys in jail. And that's really what I'm most proud of. So I understand now that I'm off the road, uh, you know, almost seven years now, um, that, you know, I'm trying to collect the data, what you guys and girls are dealing with, and maybe just trying to have a perspective shift because you can't if you're showing up to this job you can't go there with a poor attitude because you've been beaten up and and it's a it's a mind fuck like it's a big mind fuck and all you got to do is click on your phone and go into facebook or instagram or cnn.com or foxnews.com and it fucks your brain up because you're collecting this data saying we're hated we're hated we're hated and i always tell people guys you're not you know what i mean like yeah. Why? Because they show it to you on the fucking news because they need to sell ad space. Like all of a sudden there's no bad cops because Ukraine got invaded. You know what I mean?
1: That's like, super – you know what's really interesting is in the trainings that I do, um, we talk about like, okay, what it, what is the perception – what is the public perception like? and i would say out of all of the departments that i've trained with across the us maybe 3 departments have said like people really hate us and it's typically more like media motivated where like they just have this impression being, from the being, yeah
0: being and being mentally fucked nonstop you guys don't like what people don't even realize is the worst part about this job is what goes on inside the four walls of that building and your husband i'm sure tells you that shit i do oh. not that
1: we have so we do a ton of data like that's kind of like our our thing and and police officers rate poor leadership as their like highest stressor aside from legal risk from their job like that is that's insane that most yeah. of the stress yeah. is coming in, but I want to go back to something that you said really quick. And I just kind of want to like put you under the microscope a little bit. You said that you've been off the road for seven years. One of the, the disconnects that officers experience with leadership is that leadership have been off the road for X amount of years, whatever. Where would you say that you're most out of touch? I
0: have been off the road. Uh, Maybe. Well, I don't know about out of touch, but I certainly wasn't subjected to the feelings that my friends and and people that I know reported during the George Floyd riots of how people were making them feel. And to them, it felt like everybody. And I did a a video during that time because I could subscribe to what everybody else subscribed to. But my job is not to subscribe to that. While I'm compassionate to it, I didn't get to experience that. But what I did do is say hey, here's a video, and it went viral, and I had people calling me. It was very funny because people were calling me like, hey, I'm the so-and-so. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Great to meet you. you know, like, obviously, you're a big shot. Yeah, I came across the video. It's exactly what we need right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't pander to the bullshit. Like, I'm still trying to stay perspective of like these wonderful men and women who go out and selflessly uh, do their best to try to serve with what they have. And the problem is we haven't given them anything to do this job with. So – it's a very tough dynamic for somebody to go out, but if I was out of touch, it was what that sentiment was because it wasn't being shoved in my face. However, um, what
1: do you mean? What do you mean? I get. I, f- I feel like I'm I
0: might like working. I'm like, where you guys? Where you, you know, hey Ben, yeah, I'm good. I'm working off duty job. Well, what's it like? Yeah, we. Everybody walks into this place like gives me a fucking dirty look,
1: and I'm like, is that real or
0: you just imagined? Like, no, dude, it's real. Twenty years I'm doing this job nobody's ever treated us like this shit ever. And I said, it's, it's a one, it's a shame. And two, uh, it'll pass. And it's no different than categorizing everybody into a race or a gender and saying, you are all this, you are all that. So essentially in some sense, and I don't know what you call it, but it's stereotyping and racism towards police, right? You're saying you're all this. And people are guilty of it. People are fucking guilty of it. People ran, uh, reneged later on and said, yeah, we were wrong, right? we, We know you're wrong, right? We know you're wrong. That wasn't the solution to the problem. The solution to the problem was, what are the problems? How do we address them? And when can everybody calm the fuck down enough to sit down and get this stuff resolved if you're so concerned about it? What shows up is political agendas and defund movements. The answer wasn't defund. It was actually the opposite answer. What it should have been was overfund. You want better cops? I agree. You need to look at what's wrong and correct it and train these people nonstop. The Navy SEALs, I think, train for 18 months for a mission. You've got cops that train six months and it's crappy training for a lifetime and almost get nothing ever since then.
1: But there's no like communication line between. Well, you know, when we talk about like funding, if you were to ask a police officer, if you're like a anti-police person and you ask a cop, like, how's your training? A cop is not going to be like you know, it's really shitty. And like, I'm really right. They're defend? They're probably yes. defend like who, like what their job is because. It's important
0: about his training, what he got in the Academy.
1: Well, there's also like this legal risk component involved. And so you're going to be like, yeah, no training is great. So there's like this lack of, there's not like an open line of communication where cops feel safe enough to be like, yeah, I'm lacking in this type of training or I could use this type of training so when people
0: have are... a conversation. When do we start being honest and have the conversation? Yeah. I get it. I agree. It doesn't mean that they intended. It wasn't malicious. They're just not trained. Yeah. I just know they aren't, and they don't mean it. They just don't know what to do. It's a one big fucking guessing game. And you know, it's it's everybody's fault across the board. And there is there is some ownership in the in the law enforcement profession of this isn't just the job. So if you're gonna have the audacity to don a badge and go out. You have to take some of this into your own hands and do some self-training and self-recognition. So, yeah, man, like I everybody's responsible in some sense. What I'm saying is, all right, we acknowledge that. Right. Let's have the conversation. It's bad. Uh, let's start fixing it. What else can we do? You can sit around and pander and bullshit and tell me what's wrong or we can get fucking moving here. And guess what? Street cop training has gotten fucking moving. And, you know, this is me. I'm dodging shit. It's being thrown in my face. Then it's followed by hugs, kisses and praise. And then here comes some more shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. Right. And then you <laughs> got the like, genuine driven reporters who are now like trying to interview me. And I'm like, guys, if, if you guys were honest and it was arbitrary and you guys reported in a in a binary fashion, uh, I'm not gonna say it, non-binary fashion. And you, it was fair and impartial. I mean, I'm in because I'd like to have it. But. You
1: kind of fit that mold though, of like, you fit the stereotype that people want to like dearly hold on to when they think about cops are like, they're loud, they're aggressive. They don't want to like, they're, they're not compassionate and whatever. And I think because one, where you come from, right. And then on top of that, you're a white guy. I think that you, like people just want, you would be the perfect guy for people to just sort of like, like lock into, okay, this is what I think police is. I'm going to project all these things onto this guy because he fits, he fits all the check boxes and all the things. And I, and
0: actually, if you get to know me, I actually don't, I'm actually the other person who's saying like, guys, I fucking went to a very diverse high school. Um, and Jersey believe it or not is one of the most profound States in bonding of all races. And that's one of the most beautiful things about this state and this profession is you can come to my backyard and it'll be like United Nations at a party at my house. And, yeah. and, and, and it's very like, it's, I'm not going to say that things don't exist here, but it is very harmonious. Like black dudes in Jersey, listen to Frank Sinatra, right? Like that's for real. And every white kid from Jersey grew up on fucking hip hop. And like, we all get along and it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And let's face facts. It's not always the noisiest person that's the person who, who who we need to listen to. I'm just, and I've surrounded myself with some of the most thoughtful people, and I, I, maybe I don't fit the mold of what politically correctness you want, but I know I have the answers, and I know that I'm finding more people that have additional answers. and And if this is what you want, we're the I'm the guy. We're the people. I promise you that. And the last conversation I had with a liberal driven, uh, extremely liberal driven reporter who is completely anti-police and he helped me understand a lot of things about what his agenda was which was he wasn't looking for resolution he fucking hates the cops he wants them gone he wasn't having a conversation of how do we make things better how do we get rid of you guys you're fucking scumbags and i was i i recorded every conversation i had with him and of course he knew that i recorded it so he could only go so deep on me in a major major newspaper and, you know, now I have other networks reach out. Hey, we want to do an interview. I'm like, I know, because I'm not in control of it. You're What you're yeah. going to do is make me look like a monster. You're full of shit. I'm doing interviews and you guys aren't airing them because of this truth. And they find other people. They're finding other cops who are, like, subscribing to the, what their agenda is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And what we're doing now is just we hired 25 journalists. And we're going to become a media organization of just, like, hey – Here's, here's actually what actually happened, right? And I'm not defending things that are clear uh, missteps and that's not the point. The point is, is like, give us a fair chance, right? If, if, if you want resolve, like, and, and by the way, there are wonderful people outside of the conversation of this anti-police agenda, that I understand why you have concerns. I know that you grew up in a place where your interactions with the police were very different than what mine were. We had, a, I'll tell you a story one time. I uh, have a class going on in Madison, New Jersey, years ago. And so this kid in the class, somebody, I said, anybody ever have a, a difficult time with the police growing up? And he, he goes, yeah, I used to get fucked with all the time. And people, it was so interesting. I'll never forget this moment. People in the class got so offended because there's nothing that offends a cop who's, lawful and and believes in fair and impartial treatment and, and like and kindness to all to be accused of racial profiling. And I said, OK, hold. On. I, I can see what happened here. You all are offended because he said that. But what you didn't take into account was I know where he grew up and he probably went through that because the police were untrained. And and that's a real thing. You haven't asked him for a second. Did that really happen? You're just presuming that he's casting so and they're like, "Wow, we didn't think of it that way." I'm like, "Of course you didn't think of it that way, but were you him? Do you know anything about his story? Do you know anything about how he grew up?" Yeah. And I said, and "On a side note, I don't want you taking that into your profession as a police officer and can't, you know, stroking a broad brush against every cop that doesn't look like you to be that way." And it was a very, very good conversation to have because what we need to do is just remove emotion, take a step back, breathe, and say. Why does this side think this? Why does this other side think this? And, and we'll talk about it. And let's let's yeah. help each other understand. You know what? You start getting fucking goosebumps and you go, we're getting somewhere. And you know what? This country has a history, right? Obviously, a hundred years ago, it was very different. But
1: less than a hundred years ago, it was very different. Right. I think Every- when people can't and that's kind of where we come in and go like hey this is a highly emotionally charged topic because so many people have skin in the game like if you're a police officer your whole life is invested in what you do like this is your financial security this is a big part of your identity like who you are as a person so to be attacked means that you're going to like become completely shut off to someone else's experience and you don't make that space. And I think it's really important for people to recognize you have to be in like a very calm mindset and internal space to be able to have productive conversations where your emotions aren't the fucking thing that's driving everything. So when you talk about modern policing, obviously everyone is
0: quick, I just like you.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. I liked you before I even knew you. <laughs> I, really did. I really did. And I don't, that doesn't happen very often. And that's not. Oh, I,
1: I fucking do. I fucking believe the shit out of that. Um, so, okay. So everyone that's listening to this podcast knows, and let's, we've got some new listeners, but like our, our main mission is to, is to talk about how whether. You have experienced racism, whether racism has been a part of the city that you work in, in their history. It is a part of our American past. And in order to move forward, and this has to do with any type of like conflict, like within sure. a family, right? In order to move forward, you have to have the ability to discuss what's happened, where the state of everyone is in the present moment, so that you can create a clear solution and like path forward. So how does talking about race fit into modern policing? Knowing that the more that we talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, we ultimately never let it heal and die, but it has to be a conversation that has to take place. How does that all fit into like where you see policing going?
0: I want to start by saying that there's a few issues and as to why these things continue to circulate. The first one is we need to make sure that when we have conversations, the people who are having these conversations are people who are intelligent, number one, because when you start analyzing some of these things, you're like, oh, wait a second, this person's really fucking stupid, right? So intelligence is a major factor, and then emotion, ent- emotional intelligence. So you know if those two things show up and you can start getting to a good dialogue and having progress. Um, earlier, you said that most police officers have complained about their leadership. Now, often I get asked this. I'm not trying to defer this question. I'm just trying to make sure I get to the point by first building a little bit of foundation of where I'm going to get to this. You probably have to remind me on that shit because I, I have the worst. I'm going
1: to need you to circle back,
0: please. That's right. I'm often <laughs> times. I tell people this. I go, here's a profession where you show up and there's this is for progression in your career, promotions, assignments, special assignments, overtime, who gets what, who gets this. There are literally no rules in that side of it. Not the side of like going out and policing. There's obviously a ton, a ton of rules with that. But like, how do you get promoted? Your guess is as good as mine. Because it's one thing this year, it could be another thing next year. And then you're like, well, I was doing the other thing. You're like, yeah, but that's not going to work this time. I'm like, but I'm a good cop. They're like, yeah, but you're you're not cousins with that guy. And he's going to promote him because it's his son. And well, how do I get a how do I get a dog? Uh, don't you think the guy who does the most work or is or knows about dogs? should get a dog. Well, you, you would think that would make sense. But um, we're going to give it to the dude whose dad donates to this and like we're doing him a favor back. And or this guy's got dirt. So you're just like when we say, why did leadership end up this way? People think I'm an anti leadership person. I'm not. I'm actually pro leadership. I think that all leaders Uh, can improve and grow and you can go on fucking YouTube right now and watch 20 videos and you could tomorrow be a better leader. Or you could be a dick. So that's the problem is in private organization, the cream rises. That's it. If if you suck, you're going to fall flat on your fucking face. In other organizations, including police work and a lot of public service, a lot of turds rise to the top. And it takes a lot of courage to sit on a podcast and say that knowing that I get pushback and I get this and these administrations that want to use some kind of crutch of me being anti, anti-leadership. anti It's not true. It's just that this is true. I'm not making this up. I've been around this profession about 21 years. So when we start having conversations, we got to know who's leading those conversations. And those people have to stand for something. Everybody has to stand for something, but also be willing to listen. So pandering to each other is not going to resolve anything. What needs to happen? So ask me the question again.
1: Hold on. When you say pandering, what do you mean by that?
0: You can't just on um, both sides completely sell out without analyzing the facts. You'll see this in in often in liberal. They did it to the to the chief in uh, in Atlanta. She comes out and did not denounce the police officer who was charged with the homicide. If that dude stole the taser and shot him with it, right? And that guy was subsequently released and he's got a fat lawsuit of going to get the, all the charges were dropped. I believe all the charges were dropped. And I was going to sue the fuck out of Atlanta. And when the chief there did not pander to the to the mayor who was making it a race thing, um, you know, she got fired. Oh, and they brought okay. somebody in who would pander. And that didn't resolve anything. Nothing was solved. And a matter of fact, Atlanta now, from what I've been told from everybody I know down there, all these people that I'm familiar with that these other cops, It's a fucking disaster. And who pays in the end? The poor soul who's in the area that needs the police. But they don't have cops anymore. You want to know why? Because they'll fucking quit because they're not doing it anymore. They don't want to. They can't work for an administration that's willing to pander when they have to do something that is maybe in the public's eyes uh, unattractive. But that's part of the deal when you become a police officer is like, yeah. So you can't constantly pander. But at the same time, you also have to be able to have compassion, empathize and put yourself into somebody else's shoes. So this constant folding to the to the pressure of the media, that's yeah. not solving anything, because in the end, if you really think about it, public, the public loses. There are peas for 14 seconds, but the public loses big time. I Enrollment agree. For, yeah, it, I Enrollment know. For police work is fucking down like to historic lows. Nobody wants to do it. And they pay shit, at least before we could give these guys and girls support and say, we'll pay you shit, but we love you. And, you know, we know it's a tough job and we're going to try to help you and give you half off on an egg sandwich, right? Like that's the best we can do.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think like we would use different language, but I, I think that a disservice to the conversation or the progress of like building these bridges with communities is when the department's refuse to traverse, like very like contentious things that happen, like whatever. And when you do that, you give away your power and then you end up having to fold because you're, you're not addressing, you're not willing to address these major issues that have happened. And
0: guess what? That's part of the deal. You got to show up and back your people up when it was justified. Not justified, I'm with you, right? Then you're going to take that position. We don't stand for this.
1: See, right. I think that it's really difficult for people to like to have that duality of being able to say, hey, I know that all of these things happened in the past. And even perhaps even talking about specific cases that maybe are triggering to other people and making them think, oh, this is reminiscent of that. Like I think about how how every like major shooting that's involved with a black male, I think in the minds of more anti-police, their minds go back to like LAPD in the 70s and whatever. I didn't know
0: what they
1: were doing. Super, super triggering for people. And so I think if departments were able to be like, hey, I know that this is reminiscent of this past event that should not have happened and like actually call that behavior for what it is. And, and also then be able to be like, but this situation is not that these are the reasons why it's different. This is why this went well. Like this is why this was considered a good shoot or blah, 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 blah. I feel like departments just
0: that power. Erica, when these leaders show up and do, you'll see these guys, you'll see some of these sheriffs out of Florida. They're really good at this. And they'll say, I don't care what you think. There's actually a famous clip of Milwaukee, uh, chief of police in Milwaukee. Uh, And, you know, he just gets in the, he just like loses it on the media. He's like, you're making this about fucking race. I got four fucking dead kids. Well, you know, I don't know what he said, right? And I'm like, and what did the media do? Mm, They back off. You go to Florida, you got Grady Judd and Polk County and uh, these other guys down there. And I don't, you know, again, I don't, Wayne, um, I, I don't like follow them nonstop, but they'll tell people like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They shot at us. And so we shot the shit out of them. And if you're going to shoot at one of us, we're going to fucking kill you. And that's how it goes. And then actually in some of the recruitment videos, like we support our law enforcement. If you do something good, we'll reward you. If you do something bad, we're going to kick you in the ass. And it's, it's a job like anything else. And unfortunately, in this job, you're just held to such a high standard. You're literally set up for failure and we've got to have progression and stop making it so fucking political because these are people's lives. It's not just cops lives. It's the lives of the people who are being lost. Um, And and it's not even the fucking people who, who, you know, it's everybody, but it's really the people who these politicians claim to serve in these more unfortunate circumstances in these more urban areas. And they need the police. And I got to tell you, I've met a lot of those people who are very appreciative of the police and they don't have options to just move out. They're stuck.
1: That's the hard part about so when I was in I went to Jacksonville and I went to like the hood and I'm just listening to people's stories and I'm listening to like the amount of violence that's like happening in just this
0: wild block.
1: And I'm just going
0: You're living in fucking Iraq. You know? Imagine
1: it was wild and just and just thinking about like there's no fucking grocery store. There's no Yeah. No nutrition. There's no after-school care. There's no consistent jobs that pay anything. There's no higher education. All these things are happening, and I kind of like put this like statement out to like my friends because I I'm a liberal person, and so I have a lot more friends. You're kidding? <laughs> no, I am. I, that's why. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know what though? Like I can respect it because guess what? I'm a liberal person too. Right. I'm I'm more liberal than you think. I don't give a rat's ass what you want to do, who you want to do. I just think you should respect other human beings, have compassion for them, understand everybody and mind your fucking business. And and like the the rules are the rules. And if we say you can't traffic 10 kilos because nobody else allowed to like that means you can't either. So your
1: perspective is like and I try to communicate this. I'm listening. All the time to people that I interact with that are police is like the world that you interact with is not the world that the rest of the world
0: deals. Oh, with. No doubt.
1: And so it's just like you like your brain are going like no, like we need this like because of you know you could probably come up with a thousand fucking examples for why you need this type of policing or this type of task force or blah 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 blah, blah right. But we, the people, we're not interacting with that. We don't see it, which means it might as well not exist. And there's like this.
0: Well, first of all, it's, not, it's not reported. How about this one? Here's one for you. The city of Camden, New Jersey, has two to four shootings a day. Two to four shootings. And when Camden County police respond to it, if nobody's hit, it's called criminal mischief and it's called um, unauthorized use of a unauthorized uh, discharge of a firearm go four towns away it's attempted murder so the question is is why is that not something there and and why is that not why don't we see that every single day how come the only time i hear that is from camden county cops are like oh you know we respond to like three or five of these things a day three three to five attempted homicides a day and they're just like they don't have the resources which i understand but like Don't stand in front of a podium and say we care when you don't, because if you care, you allocate the resources to address this stuff. And unfortunately, some of this violence needs to be curtailed before because we have an obligation to protect.
1: So this is your proactive component, which I like. Okay, so when again, when you say that word proactive, like all of my liberalness gets all like tingling and excited and I love it. But like. What I've also recognized is, again, going back to that thing, the world that you interact with is different. Your version of proactive might look very different than the majority of civilians. where Where do you find overlap, right? Because you can you can talk when to your
0: communication And huh? they can understand when there's communication, and everybody's in agreement that this is what needs to get done. Well, that's what, I'm engaged, what,
1: yeah. is that, what does that look like, right? So, your idea of what you've heard of what people want in terms of proactive policing or progressive policing, or maybe you haven't, I don't know. I'm just going to assume you've heard. There's a
0: lot of people who want a lot of different things. So, it's hard to really. Uh, yeah. So, I want you to
1: know yeah. is like, where is that overlap where, like, you go, yeah, we both agree that, like, this is what this is how, I, how, I, how, would, I, how would
0: I just give an example of what I think everybody can agree with? Um, we had a gentleman who was trained, he's a Kentucky cop. And uh, he was trained by one of our instructors, Kenny Williams, who teaches interdiction mastermind. And um, after he had taken his training course, he relinquished writing traffic summonses anymore. He recognized that there was probably some better things to do. And what this gentleman was able to do is to stop worrying about people who were speeding and start focusing on the things that we teach when somebody's engaged in activity. And it is not he wasn't looking for what people think cops look for. He wasn't. He was looking for things that are legitimate things to look for in a legal pretextual stop. And when he noticed that something wasn't right, he discovered a motor vehicle violation to authorize him constitutionally to stop the vehicle and at least confirm and dispel his suspicions, which is completely legal. That's how the system is set up and professionally done. And he rescued a nine and a 12 year old who were kidnapped four hours earlier and were being sold in the black market in 20 minutes. That's where we can all get together and say, all right, I don't care who you are. Nobody wants kids being stolen. It was a fucking legit kidnapping. These kids were literally stolen and being trafficked into Kentucky to be sold on the black market. And when the FBI interviewed them later on, because it's a fucking crazy case, right? Uh, They said, when we saw the blue lights come on, we knew we were going to be saved. And to follow up to that story, there were two police officers who were part of our Facebook group. Who again understand what a pretextual stop is—a constitutionally justified thing—and what, what
1: does pretextual stop mean?
0: Is a stop if, if it's defined in the rent of the United States, it's a stop where the subconscious intention is not to write the motor vehicle summons. It's a constitutional justification to stop. What? Yeah. So, right, imagine if you are—if you're moving a hundred kilograms of cocaine across the country, would you be doing 21 over the speed limit? Mm -hmm. Would you be racing to try to get there? If you knew, okay, so there you go. So we'd have pretextual stops. You couldn't just put a radar unit on and try to curtail curtail crime. But, and I'll give a little reveal here. When somebody is committing a criminal offense before, during, and after the commission of it, there are certain psychological behaviors that occur and certain reactions to presence that occur. And you can't stop a car on a hunch or a reaction. What we can do is say, all right, well, there's six over the speed limit. That's a violation. I'm not going to write the summons. I'm actually going to just stop you, it's actually summons are, are completely removed. And the beautiful thing is when you say to somebody, hey, you're not going to get a summons. They go, oh, this is fucking great. So if you're not doing anything wrong. No harm, no foul. Right. But if you're doing something wrong, like kidnapping two children and going to sell them on the black market, well, we're going to fuck with you. And, and, and the best part is, is when you're professional and it's legal and it's not based on any color, creed, religion, age, any kind of bias reason. It is probably the most effective tool that everybody can get behind, but you need training and understanding and comprehension of what it is. You can't just go out and try to do it. You've got to take the courses on what it means. And you'll see there's no consistency with what somebody looks like when these people who are talented this go out and do this kind of work. Follow-up story, Detroit three months ago, two police officers. I'm
1: going to and- call bullshit on that because so my my husband... Oh, let me just
0: finish the last story. Let me finish last story.
1: Oh, no, because we're going to... Fu- I will pinky go, get, I got go 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 So like i'm gonna call bullshit on it only because i listen to so my guy he's a canine investigator and we talk about like his cases and whatever and whatever and like there is a there is a common theme <laughs> in like what people look like and the types of people I, that interact i with. can
0: show you proof so you can call bullshit but i have proof and when i open my mouth i can back it
1: but That's I'm right. not saying it in a. I'm, I'm not saying it in a bad way. But I'm yeah, saying yeah. That, like there are certain types. The of common factors.
0: theme is humans are humans, and they're going to well, react in a certain way.
1: They are, but I also think that like criminals that are kind of that are wanting their drugs trafficked are victimizing specific people groups, and so to pull sure. over, sure. you're going you know to people, like, are?
0: people who are indigent and need money. And, well, and that's
1: it, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and
0: everybody. there are poor white people and poor black people and poor Chinese people and poor this and poor that and Mexican people and all that. Because if you look at we can show you the videos. I mean, literally, uh, our guy, Kenny Williams, who's probably one of the top five interdiction officers in the country, quote unquote. Um, I will show you his last 45 mug shots. I'll do that for you right now. I just got to ask him for it. And you will see that there is nothing consistent other than the fact that everybody's motivated by greed.
1: I wonder like I wonder if there's differences then because you have a national viewpoint versus like any given city. They're going to be dealing with a certain. I don't know, I, I if guess you I'm are just saying- working
0: in a let's just call it like it is. If you were working the southeast district of Washington, D.C., And it's ninety nine percent African American. You're probably going to stop more black people than the guy in Bergen County, New Jersey, who has two square miles in a town where there is literally three percent black population. Yeah. So it's it's law of averages, right? Um, And people have to not get that confused.
1: I don't think that people do, though. I think that they get it so confused because it fits into like all of these paths.
0: The conversation of again, with intelligence and emotional intelligence where we can have the progress. So that's a big underlying factor of having continued progress. I love the fact that you're challenging it, right? Because I, I don't open my mouth without a really strong foundation. And I think before I speak, did I always do that? No, why? Because my social environment dictated otherwise. What the behavior I grew up with was completely different than the behavior that I display now. And there are things about me and there's things about yourself. I'm sure that I'm not proud of in the past, but as a 40 year old mature man, father of many, many children, all one uh, all one.
1: I'm like, how many children do you have? Jesus. You have four God.
0: And I love them to death. Right. Like, i like, these are like, this is, and I, I I pride myself in being a great father and a great husband and, um, and all these things. And, uh, I'm a different person now. There are things in my past, just like there's things in everybody's past that I'm not proud of. It makes me uncomfortable. And I try to say, even professionally as a cop, like, where did it go wrong? Where was I missing things? Why did I do that? And I'm not saying I took a baton out and beat a fucking minority to death. I'm saying, why did I give that guy a ticket when he didn't deserve a ticket, right? Why did I break chops about that parking violation when there was a thousand better things to do? Yeah. You know, Um, so- what we need a lot of is a perspective change and an understanding. And there has to be really good leadership. And it really tickles my fancy when I see somebody from both sides getting together. And 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 somebody we like when somebody says, I represent this community, and I understand you guys have a job to do. We're behind you. We want to have some accountability, but we're going to help you. When it's wrong, we'll agree with you. And we'll support you. Uh, I'm, sorry, but, I'm sorry. When it's right, we'll agree Hi, with you and support you. When it's wrong, we're going to want some answers. And you know what every cop in the world is going to say to that? Thank you. That's all we want to hear. Because we want to help you. We want to go One out there and want to help you.
1: One of the things that you said earlier in and talking about progression is you said... Don't forget my
0: second story, Erica.
1: Oh, I forgot. I forgot.
0: See? See? You you <laughs> we're, we're becoming less. Good. I'm just kidding. I, I, I think we're <laughs> going to be honest with you.
1: Well, you said something about like you said two components that were needed. One was intelligence. You can't have stupid people. And then you have emotional intelligence. I think And you're totally- I just kind of want to maybe challenge you to consider it in the same ways that, that you just challenged my perspective is intelligence can be easily confused with ignorance and just lack of exposure. And I think when you approach it from like, Oh, these people are fucking stupid versus like, Oh, no, no, no. Prison. I
0: know intelligence when I say it, right? I worked in, listen, I worked in jail for- But
1: t- I'm t- saying t- I'm an intelligent person, right? And like, I call bullshit on, on your example, but I'm calling bullshit on it because my experience in terms of like case after, case after case after case after case is limited to Nevada, right? So it's not that I'm like not intelligent. It's not that I'm stupid. No, you're very but smart. Like I have a limit of my exposure and perspective, and I you're think you're intelligent
0: enough to understand that. And yeah. me too.
1: I just want to. I just want to say that, like, I think some people might misconstrue those two. Like, when you're interacting with someone that is like adamantly disagreeing with you, it might not be that they're just like dumb or whatever. But when you have a limited experience, like your truth is your truth based off of like what
0: you. Yeah. And I think that's why I said those two things. So being intelligent enough to understand, and I don't want to say common sense, I'll call it uncommon sense, right? But also being emotionally intelligent enough to go, all right, let me let them talk and let me listen and try to see it from their side. So that's why you need both of those things. And who the fuck am I, right? I'm just sitting back and going, how do we fix this? How do we, how do we make it better? I don't have a racist bone in my body. And I want the world to know that. And I want the world to trust that that's how I'm educating their police officers. And people leave that training course going, I'm just like him. And it spoke to me. People like us do things like this. It's a tribe. It's a different tribe though. It's a tribe where you have to subscribe to this and say, I have found the things that somebody is saying that I am subscribing to. Yeah. And and, and if you, you know, I, I've been criticized for this, but like, if you're not subscribing to a majority of the things that this company stands for, and it's not just me, I'm curious what you're subscribing to because I'm a pretty arbitrary person, pretty level-headed, and I believe in my heart that we really show up to the best of our ability, and we're just human beings, and we fuck up too. You got to give us a little leeway with that, but nobody's doing anything else, and we really, really think we have a solution. and. You know, I, 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 I'm just blessed that I got to speak with you through this podcast to try to emphasize some of these points. And I can at the end, even if we can't agree on something at the end of the day, I go, but I respect her. I respect your position. I respect you as a human being. I respect what you look like. I liked you more because of your nose ring. And sometimes I didn't see the nose ring. I'm like, wait, she fucking cop. Why is she taking her nose ring out? So you're fucking me up with that. <laughs> right. No, sure. no, but you've taken it out before on your Instagram.
1: No, it's all. It's always Don't been make it. me
0: dig through your fucking Instagram, woman.
1: No, I've had it since like the day I started this. I had an additional nose. Break. I had like a. a hoop yeah, something up. was
0: different because I'm like, I want you because I'm like, is this girl a cop?
1: No, but okay. So I want to go back to your story.
0: Okay, cool. um, let me do it.
1: Tell me your story.
0: Three or four months ago, a woman had kidnapped four children from a bus stop in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, about 10 to 15 minutes after that, two keen eyed police officers who were looking for crime, pretextually selecting vehicles to have a significantly larger impact, spotted that woman and noticed something wasn't right. So essentially, it's an abnormality and it takes practice to get good at it. And they went, Ooh, something's wrong with that one. Let's find a motor vehicle violation and stop that car and again approach it professionally. Here's a professional approach. And what they discovered was four children were kidnapped at gunpoint, and they rescued those four kids. So when we talk about overlapping and where we can be, I'm with it. I don't want cops writing tickets anymore. I want all the energy being put into people who deserve it the most. And there is plenty of crime going around where we can focus our efforts where they are the most important. And I'm not knocking other divisions. Like I really like the fact that the state police in New Jersey has assigned an, uh, a school resource officer in my children's schools. And I like seeing that police car outside of the schools. And I probably didn't understand that until I actually became a parent and went, I'm glad he's there. you just there for 15 minutes. I'm glad he's there because maybe that's a 15 minutes where some fucking maniac decided to come in and start killing my children. And I can't be there to protect them. So that gives me a peace of mind. And I appreciate that about our state police here. Um, they patrol where I live because it's more fucking farmland and shit. Uh, It's a little more rural. Um, And there's not a high crime rate. Um, uh, But I also think that we can do better when we're serving our communities. Um, And I think that there's a time and place for everything. And I don't think that we need to be literally teaching cops how to do nothing but write tickets. Because when you leave the academy, that's what you're taught is how to write tickets. And there's just so much more to do. And if you like to write tickets... I don't know. I think you're a little fucking weird, right? I just do. Uh, because
1: I mean, there's so many, like there's so many shifts where like, that is your job. Like it is. I know that
0: people are assigned to traffic <laughs> division. Do they have to write. tickets. Oh, when I traffic. see people out there with the laser guns and running radar and all that stuff, I go, how many cars are driving past them that are engaged in criminal activity and how many lives can we save from, we had a girl emailed me. Um, I don't know. Three weeks ago, a month ago, she's writing a a college paper on human trafficking. And she said, what's law enforcement doing to counter human trafficking? And if she could have heard my guffaw, my Mm -hmm. laughter, which was, which was, you know, just it's a sad state of affairs that nothing. They're doing nothing. Or if they're doing something, it's very, very little. Most cops don't even know what to look for. But we have a guy who's an instructor, Tom Stack, who teaches human trafficking. And you know what? Maybe Tom only had 22 guys and girls in his last class, but maybe one of those people will go out and actually save somebody. And I don't know where we've lost sight of human lives being our utmost priority. And I would argue that instead of writing 17 next job. shift, go out and try to disrupt a human trafficking ring. That's it. That's just me. Go out and grab a girl or a guy or a kid who's being trafficked and go, I know you're a victim. I know that you don't want to cooperate, but I'm here to help you. And I'm not treating you like a criminal when you're a prostitute. I'm treating you like a human being that has fallen into unfortunate circumstances. I got a funny feeling most prostitutes don't want to be prostitutes. You know, so these are the perspectives that I have. Are we using our energy efforts and resources appropriately? And it's like anything else. We are absolutely not. We are a hundred fucking percent not.
1: So if you had a magic wand, Dennis's magic wand, and you could completely reform how academies operated.
0: I'm doing it, by the way, Erica.
1: I love it. What are the top
0: 10? Let's start with this macro one. So I asked this question in class a lot ago. How many of you guys went to an academy? When I say guys, I include all sexes in that. and The girls get that, right? Um, how many of you guys went to an academy where you want to catch bad guys? Just haven't seen a hand in 10 years. That's cool. So let's start with that. How do we go into, how do you catch bad guys? Right? Because like there are people out there looking to steal children, rape children, sell your children narcotics, rob your house, rob your cars, hold up stores, kill people. Pretextual stops will actually stop mass shooters as well. So what's the likelihood of that? will be realistic. Slim to none. But maybe, just maybe. And you know what's crazy, Erica? We've actually disrupted and stopped mass shootings from occurring. And the mainstream media doesn't pick them up. You have cops that are heroes that they won't pick up because then sell a space. So, but that doesn't matter. What matters is, to, uh, to, can I give top three things? Top 10 a lot to unpack. You know what I mean? Top 10 is a lot. Let me give you three. Can I give you okay. three macro priorities? Yes. This job is learned backwards how cops learn this job is because the academy you can just wipe out there's literally almost zilch that you're getting out of that and every cop is told the same thing before they go to the academy you go to this place uh ask your husband about this you go to this place you're not going to learn anything for six months uh when you get out mm, then you'll start learning the job so we learn this job by the streets then legally then tactically what needs to learn be learned is tactically because number one safety is the most important thing, human life and preservation of it between yours and somebody else's. Because if cop's dead, you're not saving anybody else. And if cop's dead, then other people die. So let's go into tactics first. Number two, let's go into legals. Because if you want to stop being so concerned about Fourth Amendment violations, how about we learn about the Fourth Amendment in the police academy? You don't learn about that. You're just told, here, you're going to go do things. Uh, And number three, then you learn the streets, right? So learning what behaviors look like in this. We're doing it backwards. So the academies need, I'm actually, I'm not kidding you, I have this board of like a thousand things to do. One thing says, print the academy calendar uh, or the schedule, and I'm literally going to put a thing out. It's a very bold move that's going to cross out and replace. So here's one. Instead of swinging a stick at a bag that your friend holds and yelling, get back, get back, which you'll never do in your life, I think police officers should spend the 25 to 30 sessions of uh you know uh defensive tactics actually learning stuff that works. Like five moves in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that by the way look very, very nonviolent, put the police officer in a much advantageous position, and can make a 130-pound girl control a 290-pound man. Yeah. We're fucking up. Um, That's a big one. Uh, There's just like I get that there has to be some dynamic between, you know, having some bearing and some discipline in a militaristic fashion. Like I agree with some of it, but like we don't need to spend 20 hours on marching when the only time, if so, anybody ever marches again as a police officer is going to be at a police funeral. And usually the state police got that licked and make everybody else look like shit because they harp so much on that. The troopers always look the best at police funerals. They just do. I
1: mean, that's super true. Yeah, I did marry. It you. is,
0: but it doesn't um, mean that are cool. the fucking problem, so right? I'm you exactly. got troopers looking like sloppy soup sandwiches that are fucking badass motherfuckers at street cops. And I was, a trooper versus municipal or county guy, it's just the truth. So why do we need twenty hours of marching for what the ten minute graduation ceremony?
1: It is really interesting. I was at um, an academy last week doing a training, and one of the guys coordinated. He's like, Hey, he's like, if you go outside and someone like yells towards you, like, hi, Tori, blah, 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 and he's like, Don't be alarmed. That's what they have to do when there's a trainer that's present. I'm like, In what? In 2022. The fact that we're trained that you guys are training people that this is how you talk to authority, how the <laughs> fuck does that fit into where we are at in the history I'm of people
0: say, like, oh, we gotta create a high stress environment for them? Okay, make it the first I'm week.
1: like, I don't understand. Like, why well, why do first you first need that kind of like make why do you need- I, just,
0: I just had a revelation, I just had an epiphany, right? So if you gotta create high stress environments, create high stress environments, but know that they're going into high stress environments. you got people- are, it
1: is, it seems so ego driven to me to like have somebody talk you know, to you.
0: It's a romance with the past of how things were done.
1: Yeah, like it's like this weird, like why do you need someone to communicate with you that way and to make themselves like appear less- They used to have
0: you. us write in the academies, this recruit third person. And then you the defense attorneys who are like, why the fuck are you guys writing-
1: it's really this, demeaning. Like I don't. You know understand.
0: Police officers are writing like this. Police officer, then stop. Like what police officer? It's literally just a checking boxes. Sure, we did that. How about this one? Um, and, and you know, again, I I, I suffer detriment for opening my mouth about these things because I'm not keeping silent about it. I went to a police academy where, um, they wanted to. Well, first of all, they had to do a, a community. Oh, it's just like it's just it's also skin crawling shit, but. Let me go to this one. They had us learning how to, they actually made us become certified lifeguards. And we're sitting as a recruit going, that's so interesting because mm, there's probably 25 different agencies here. And we're the only ones that have water. So it's cool that you put, I don't know, 50, 100 hours of police academy training time into teaching 94% Ninety-four percent of these recruits here had to become lifeguards and water rescue, and none of them even have water where they live, like or work. What the fuck? And to this day, I've never heard of one of our certified lifeguard recruits. Which, by the way, they just pushed everybody through and made everybody get their certification, if they didn't deserve it, because they wanted to say that at the academy because it looked good for their association. Um, how I've never heard of one of these stories. With one of my coworkers or classmates going. Yeah, you know what? Um, This recruit, th- this life-saving thing, man, it's come in handy so many fucking times. I mean, I'm on my 11th water rescue today. Uh, it just <laughs> never ends. And the number one thing about water rescue is you never get in the water. So, you know, I, there's a simple solution. I say this on my podcast a so lot. bring it up. Like, how about here's another one for you, Erica. How come nobody teaches cops water rescue training? Here's some of the biggest principles of water rescue training. Number one, you don't get in the water ever. And if you have to, how about you take off your 40 pounds of fucking gear? Guys and girls, you're going to be in your underwear, bra, and your panties. And and that's the game, man. So if you wore a G-string to work, everybody's going to see your booty cheeks. So if that's what you wore, guess what? You're going to have to get down to your skivvies to jump into that water to rescue that kid. But before you do that, try to find a p- like a, some rope or a stick. Because the last thing you want to do is have two dead people. Whenever I've been able to save the first time. So
1: it doesn't person. make any sense. Like,
0: we're. This like- part, there are cops every year that die trying to rescue children. And in my head, I'm like, I just, I'm watching the water rescue videos. These guys not taking their fucking load bearing vests off. They're not taking their duty rigs off. They're going in literally 40, 50 pounds. If you think that's a good idea, just jump into your pool at home and let me know how well you float with 50 pounds of fucking gear on you. AR 15 magazines. Like, what are you doing? And no, how about, the, here's another one. I see this class and go, how many people told you in the academy, don't be a dick? And I like was
1: that. To your, who is it? Dennis? No, you're Dennis. Dennis. What's his name? Is it Brad? You just did an episode with someone. He's I like on a couple
0: your. couple of episodes, Erica. And you're giving us it. So we put on What's our things
1: We're thing? fucking recent ones. It was with, I wrote it down. It was with, um, yeah, with Brad Gilmore. Yeah you guys are talking about, don't be a dick. Yep. And okay. So I took, okay. I I was listening to that and it made me think of, um, so I have a, a, a survey on restructuring law enforcement from a police perspective. And one of the quotes that I took from it was, um, like, what are some of the, the changes in police culture that need to take place or that don't belong in policing in the future? And someone said, I don't have to yell and be mean to have police presence. That took me a while to unlearn that from FTO.
0: Yep. You know what? I have things uh, because I'm gonna have to wrap soon. Because I knew we were gonna go. we can do this again. By the way, I don't want to like just end it with you because I like you. And when I come to fucking Arizona, we're gonna have coffee and shoot the shit and take pictures we're together.
1: Definitely not going to Scottsdale.
0: I am, I am. <laughs> Right? like
1: I am not coming with you. But I'll
0: meet you at some fucking beige colored building to have coffee because people say, well, how's, how's Arizona? I go, it's fucking beige. It's beige, man. And when you come from the garden, <laughs> yeah, no, you have great everything, right? Where do you guys live is phenomenal. I just can't take the dirt. Right? Like, everything's just dirt. Like, your cars are filthy. Your shoes are filthy. You're fucking, like, my man. You're so dramatic. You did the so Santan dramatic. Flats before you've you get Santan flats? You literally eat oh, different.
1: different. That's actually fucking dirt, bro. You went to a I, restaurant,
0: I went pumpkin picture there. I did all these things. Everything's dirt. So listen, I love the place, right? But everything's beige.
1: Okay, so okay, so let's wrap it up. So it's we're talking wild. about like being a dick, and we're talking about the academy and how like all these things need to change. Um, so That's last
0: thing I was saying, is that a good point to make? Yes.
1: You were talking about not being a dick.
0: Well, there's something after that. You said that triggered a thought too, but
1: um, yeah, I mean, I talking about FTO, like learning.
0: Okay. So yeah. So he, here's a reveal. Um, I recognize that there is a major field training program. I recognize there's a major academy. As a matter of fact, a lot of people have conceded academy directors that, yeah, there is a major problem and we don't know what to do. And I'm not saying that those people are responsible because they don't, they don't have the solutions, but we do. What I realized in order to get this stuff out there, I have a thing in my on my board. I've conjured up some thoughts in my mind called virtual FTO. And you know what? It may be a success. It may not be. But what I'm going to say is here, I made this for you. I hope it works. And if it doesn't, we'll bring it back to the drawing board and try again. But this is my attempt at trying to fix these things. I know you guys went to an academy. Um and unfortunately, the reality, people might not like this, but also fortunately, I believe these academies are going to have to go very digital um, because if we have three of the best guys at human trafficking in the country, you're not getting them at the 900 academies in this country. So I,
1: I think that's a great idea because so one of the things that I've recognized is me in Arizona as a civilian, I expect law enforcement practices in New Jersey and in Florida and in New York and in Texas to all be uniform. That is my understanding of like, when I'm looking at something on the news, I am judging it going like, well, that doesn't happen here. Or like what? So I think that having more uniform training, if we are going to be the United States of America and we're the fucking people, I think that there should be more Guess uniform
0: Guess who blocks all the uniformity? The media, politicians.
1: Well, and that's that. Like it, I feel like it when we, use government. Government. I don't use
0: the platform, but the politicians could make the change. But I
1: agree, two- I agree. But I feel like this like makes us go down this rabbit hole of like everything about the world as we know it is fucked and it needs to be it's
0: completely not, done. Not, because, like, guess what? I can't control that. And I know that's not real. You know what the best thing would be? Is if every, if there was 10 police academies in the country, you'd need, you'd need 10 because there's 750,000 cops. And those 10 academies pulled together all of the resources and all of the brains and made 10 of the, best, and they were all on the same page and went out and you would have the, when I see the resources, the federal law enforcement training center, when I went there, what they have versus what the locals have. I mean, it's night and day. They have, they have it all. And they have more thoughtful training because they brought together people and pay a good salary to some of the best cops in the country to design training programs. And what I've noticed about them is they're open to listening and changing where you've got people who are like they're doing a podcast. and I'm just going for a tour of your house now. This is the, well,
1: this is the my battery is going to die because I'm like, oh, we'll only talk for an hour. I don't need to charge my
0: laptop. Yeah, I was going to work out for my second time today and now I won't be able to just so you know.
1: That nothing about that surprises me. Like I believe that you work out twice a day, oh my oh, man. God. not because of your muscles, but because I think that you're an Enneagram one and Enneagram ones are like so consistent and committed to like perfection. Their bodies are always like top notch.
0: Okay. It's not top notch, but it's better than most people.
1: I know an officer, Enneagram One. He looks like he's a fitness model, and he's just like not. Nah, he's just like that's like his life. Like he just strives to be his absolute best. And I'm like,
0: yes, I, I agree. And, <laughs> and, and and when you I are somebody it. like that, it makes a lot of other people uncomfortable because it holds them accountable to their truths. Um, so in this office, we have 20 full time employees that could report to work here daily. Um, not putting it in a blast, uh, but there are people who have subscribed to what, how I'm living and living their life that way. And there's some that haven't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to not talk about, I you know what I learned about food a month ago when I bought a book? I'm like, oh, it took me 40 years to figure out food. It took me 40 fucking years to realize that carbohydrates are bad. All of them. Brown rice, really bad for you, Right. So I've actually eliminated carbs, sugars, and all processed foods as much as I possibly can. And I'll still go out to a restaurant and have some fucking delicious shit, right? Because I love food. Um, and I get to eat the things that I like basically on a carnivore diet. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I've never even seen these results before. I'm buying prep meals, and they're loaded with brown rice. And I'm like, this must be good for you. It's a prep meal from a reputable company. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I not getting fucking trim? And it was the brown rice. So I actually had those things. I like, And I'm just like. They're gone. And again, this is my perspective. Maybe it's kind of body that I have, but I'm constantly trying to prove it. It's like a very, it's
1: like, it's, it's like a superpower that I think that people who are ones have, but like in the way that that's your superpower, there's like other things like physical tension on people that are ones in my experience are also through the roof because they're constantly like achieving and gaining and like doing all this stuff. Like they're physically tense. Huh?
0: And meditate twice a day, 22 minutes a day, 22 minutes a
1: day. <laughs> You're like, I time that shit, bro.
0: Well, so when you get good at meditating in this session, you can actually time it naturally. I know exactly where I am. Even when I come out of my, uh, they call it the bliss feel for the kind of meditation. I do Ziva meditation. Um, and I'll just kind of come back to consciousness a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I'm 16 minutes in. I know exactly where I'm at. I'll close my eyes at 535 in the morning and open them literally 22 minutes later when I'm done. With my meditation session, twenty-two on the dot almost every single time. I love it. Yeah, so I'm just into constant self improvement because I got to tell you, I got one shot at this life. Why not be the best I can be, right? Why not offer and be the best husband, father, and friend, and selfless and and thoughtful? And why do what I? I, I uh, I'm, I'm high on it, man. I fuck. What love do you
1: do it. for rest? Like, I, what sleep, is your-
0: I sleep solid seven. Not hours. Not
1: sleep like. Life rest.
0: So can I explain that one, when I disengage from Dennis Benino, the sh- owner of street cop training, yeah. I am disengaged completely. I'm, I am now dad. I'm, I'm the husband and father and I Hi. am. <laughs> I heard Jeff Bezos say something one time. Cause I'm constantly educating. He said, uh, he was being interviewed and he said, Jeff, what's it like to be regarded as, or known as the most wealthy man in the world? He goes, it's not bad, but there are better titles out there. Like the best dad in the world. And, what a powerful statement, because there's also another saying I like by Mother Teresa. It says, if you want to do something great for the world, go home and love your family. And what that really means, how you're interpreting, is that go create better human beings. Show them love and make them better for the world so you can do that. And I literally appreciate all my time with my children as much as I possibly can. And there's moments, you know, like you're like, like, I was going to put a post on Facebook that they said, like, anybody else just whisper under their breath to their children, but don't say to them, like, please shut the fuck up, right? But My kids are little, right? But I want to say something, like, just please shut the, fuck up. Just mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. yeah. But I try to get back into – so my mind and how my brain functions is very different than most people.
1: No rest for you.
0: And I wouldn't change it for the world because I love it.
1: I love it. Okay. Let's let's wrap this up because I'm gonna talk to you forever. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining. I'm very thank you
0: for having me. I'm yeah. honored.
1: I'm I'm glad that I got to know you a little bit more and I hey, admire
0: you. I yeah. think your shit's cool on Instagram. I admire I'm telling you. I so I'm like, oh, this is awesome.
1: Good. I'm glad. I'm hoping that we can kind of support um a lot of you trainers and what you're out there trying to do going like hey sure you can't you can't forget about that mental and physical component cuz if your body is not working then all your training doesn't matter so your
0: eyebrows are legit too
1: I actually just got them um powder filled so like they're starting to like flake it's like the tattoo kind of thing so like yeah, but they're
0: legit like they look fucking oh, fleek yeah.
1: This is not even filled in. Like these are just what they'll look like now that they're. You're
0: testing. the type of person that I would be friends with, even though we look like polar opposites. These are the people that I like to be around because I can just tell you're interesting.
1: Ones are one of my favorite types of people to be around because I'm very much like actions and like solution oriented person, and I also want to make things better. So I do enjoy myself like people that are that are like that.
0: So I like that we're total polar opposites, and there's actually some kind of. And again, this is not me being inappropriate. There is some attraction personality-wise between you and I. Yeah, for sure. I help it immediately.
1: Yeah, I can feel we're like on each other's level, my dude. Um, okay, well, thank you again so much for being on here. Um, you guys, um, how do people get a hold of you? And tell us how they can find street cop training.
0: Literally put in street cop training anywhere <laughs> and you'll find something. Uh, and I will recite those things to you. TikTok, Instagram, for police officers who are listening, uh, Facebook group, our podcast, YouTube, Streetcop.com, Street Cop conference coming up in Nashville in 2023. Um yeah. we had a badass one in October. It was great. Um and we heard just-
1: about that. So many people yeah. were like, hey, they like kept like sending it to me. And at the time I was like, I can't afford to be a vendor right now in New Jersey. But like I wanna go and attend and just kind of just Listen, I love listen. Like I love sitting in trainings are my favorite thing to go. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, all right, when we get
0: closer, get with me. I'll 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 see what we can figure out. Cool, because I trust you.
1: Yeah, it's like
0: it's a big thing to say to say to somebody. I trust you is a big deal.
1: I and that like that hits home, and that's really been like I I think why tech mobility works is because I genuinely just want to I just want to understand like the bigger picture here before I start bringing solutions. Like, I just want to understand cause your world, like even earlier when you were talking about sentence stuff, I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Like you're talking in this language that only cops know, like, what does that mean? So I genuinely, like, I, I really just want to understand your guys's experience a little bit better because obviously I know my own, but we can't come up with like effective solutions. If, not all sides are being like accounted for
0: intelligence and emotional intelligence.
1: <laughs> He's like, and we're back. No, <laughs> okay, You're
0: right. just reiterating the, like what we talked about. It's great. You're exactly right. You are exactly right. Yeah. And I don't disagree with the context of what we spoke about today.
1: All right, my friends. Thank you so much again, Dennis. You're the best.
0: No, I think that you are, but thank you so much for having me. And, and uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure. And, um, you know, I guess one thing I can pass on to everybody is, compassion and respect for one another is a very, very powerful tool. So saying to somebody, are you okay, is a real interesting thing to start with when you see somebody in some trouble. And um, that goes for everybody who's listening. So the question you must ask yourself is, are you being selfless or selfish? And that's a good place to start. That's all I got. I wanted to finish
1: Don't fucking end it on that. Don't. You you don't know when to stop because now I want to add something to that. Stop. No. Goodbye.